I, I feel August, like, buddy. I feel like um, it's one of those uh, toaster oven days where um, we got the fan rolling. We do. Maybe you all can hear it, or maybe the maybe that'll be edited out. We like to call it our biggest fan because it is a big <laughs> fan, and it might be our only fan. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'll so use our biggest fan. <laughs> You know, there's something to be said about fans that are just always around, uh, 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 like a gentle breeze that just fill up the room and uh, make yeah. you feel that encouraging feeling to go on in in the heat of the moment. <laughs> See that? In the heat of the moment. Yes. See what I did? Nice, nice. I made it all nice. about the fan. <laughs> Who am I talking about? We're talking about the fan that's blowing in the background. All right. Um, are you guys ready to go? I think so. You want to go? Are you asking us if we want to go? Yeah, you want to go? You want to like take this outside? Yeah, you want to go? I heard that Dream Theater comment. <laughs> Nobody talks crap about Dream Theater in my presence. They're secretly Christian. You just don't know it. James Labrie goes to church. Probably the most Christian is Mike Mangini, right? That is, I think he is a Christian, you're right. Yeah. He was from a, uh, I think originally he was part of this like Christian uh, prog experiment like album. But then, yeah, Mike Portnoy has done that too because Mike Portnoy... Um, did stuff with Neil Morse. That's true. That's true. And so there's this one video of Neil Morse and he's got like um, a song that's based on like scripture. So he's like singing about like, Oh, the bread is at the table as the candle <laughs> burns on the mantle. And he's like reading all this like old Testament stuff. And then Mike Portnoy's like, it's like, all right. I like it though. I have no problem with that. Hey, oh it's, my goodness. it's fine. Like, well, like, you know, I think they're all of different belief systems, but I think they've, they've done songs that are very like spiritual or Christian inspired. Yeah. But if y'all don't know what we're talking about, look up dream theater because it'll be a new experience for you. Yeah. There's yeah, a few, they are quite an experience. Definitely. You definitely need to not <laughs> don't ease your way in, go straight for um, glass prison, go straight for glass prison or the or, dance of eternity or, um, <laughs> Metropolis <laughs> seats from memory. Oh my goodness. <laughs> the very first uh, yeah. big long 20 minute yeah. song. All right. Um, so on that note, <laughs> did you look at the notes on that note? Oh, that one. Mm. Okay. I like that note. That's a fun note. That was C, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm probably going to play our intro. Okay. I'm Zach. I'm Colin. And I'm Bob. Uh, wait, no. I already went. I'm Bob. <laughs> and Butch that. Welcome, welcome to, to the House Plants Podcast. Sorry, guys. Oh, my goodness. Butch that the piece. Is that going to match up? We're here to talk. No, it's not. It's going to stop terrible with the intro music. And we're here to I talk about <laughs> music, <laughs> media, and, and, and the mission of Jesus. Jesus. I guess oh. we're not talking about music because that's going to sound like. <laughs> <laughs> and I will flourish the course of the <laughs> Oh man, I can't wait. All right, so we are actually still in our crazy awesome series uh of worldviews. We're doing world worldviews. Yep. But we are in a silly mood today. Uh, maybe the heat is giving us a heat yeah. uh hallucinatory uh um ADHD. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's That'll be a possible. good one. We'll save that thought for next week when we actually start hallucinating yeah. life. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh man, here we go. We're just we're we're getting Kara's gonna say, like, how was the podcast recording? We're like, great. All the cactuses were talking to us. <laughs> <laughs> They're prickly fellows, if you know what I mean. And right. there goes half our viewership. Oh my gosh. Okay, so uh 
we, yes, we are uh, in our third week of our series. We are moving right along. Um, this week, we are going to be uh, delving into something uh, that a lot of people talk about and uh, joke about and know from movies, but would maybe not know that it is actually a very firmly held belief for quite a few people. Yeah. And admit it. You've thought about it. Probably. You've wondered. Uh Probably most people have wondered if it might be true. I'm more of a Truman show versus the matrix actually, but we will get there. Um, (laughs) So it's not so much um, a computer simulation so much Mm. as everybody's just watching you all the time. Yeah. 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 But before we, um, before we get in too deep into that, we're going to do a worship song. We're going to do a hymn that you guys may or may not know. Um, It's called our, God, our help in ages past. Our and God, our help in ages past. Now, what's interesting about this... I've never heard this one. What's interesting about this hymn is it's written by Isaac Watts, but mm. it is based on Psalm 90, which is really exciting um, because me and Zach are huge on Psalm... That's right. Tra- ...transitioning like Psalms into worship songs, which they already and pretty much are. 90 is pretty close to 92, which is that significant is. That is. The, in the and houseplants plus the, world. It's yeah. in between the most depressing and then the most joyous. Because <laughs> 88, 88 is the depressing one. Yeah. Okay. But, um, but here's another thing that you might not know. John Wesley, who actually was like, hmm, I like this, put it in his like collection of psalms and hymns and changed the first line from our God to oh God. Oh, and to this day... Different churches have different versions that either so say that was oh, like, or our. That was like the great schism of the mm. Reformation, probably. And, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the usage of the. Of, this is, of, I of believe this that's where the Methodist church comes from, because <laughs> they just weighed differently on that issue. And since Isaac Watts wrote it in 1708, <laughs> and John uh, Wesley got his hands on it like 30 years later, uh, 38, I yeah. think it's fun to have this like image in my head of like an older Isaac Watts being like, what did you just sing? I mean, it's not quite as bad as changing sloppy wet kiss. But to unforeseen or passionate? Oh, man. Okay, so without further ado, and no more gilding a lily, uh, we, will, uh, we will get right into it. Here we go.
so thankful for this opportunity that you've given us um, to, uh, to talk about these issues, to talk about the ideas that people have, and to see how a Christian should approach these ideas. Um, we're grateful for this, uh, for this platform. We're grateful for our listeners. We ask that you continue to bless them and bless us. Let these words be, uh, be what you would have us to say. Help us to speak your truth. In your son's name we pray. Amen. beautiful guys beautiful yeah that was a lot of fun um uh, as you guys may have heard if you actually know this hymn um i did change the chords and i changed one note of the melody which is instead of going totally ruin the whole thing eternal home i said our eternal home so i did like a secondary dominant but i liked it it was very pretty um, it it created some neat dissonance i really enjoyed it so the the thing is guys um we are always looking for new hymns, so I'll just say as like a brief little thing on the tag on the end here. If you guys have any hymns you want to hear, just like oldies from your church, anything that give you give us guys... like a hymn challenge. Oh yeah, because um, we love to do research on these. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've found that recently when we go digging for hymns, oftentimes I look at some of the famous composers, and then I just try and look at some of their other works because I trust that they have a good knowledge of either the scripture or the uh, lyrical word or. Uh, uh, something of that nature. And this one was an Isaac Watts, which we already know Isaac Watts does amazing stuff. So um, yeah, if you guys have any uh, suggestions, please let us know. Hallelujah. 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 Yeah. Uh, did, did he do that one? Actually, that was Handel. Wasn't it? <laughs> I, I was going to say, I, th- I, th- I thought that was Handel, but I'll tell you guys, I'll, I'll give you guys a list in a second. Um, so it, he did. Um, oh, the wondrous cross. Oh, the wonderful cross. Yeah, that was the Chris Tomlin. So he did in oh, no, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. That's right. Yeah. Um, so let me ask you, Bob, what are we talking about today, man? Because you have well, quite the... Uh, you mean, don't you mean Elon? 
That's who we're sitting here with, right? <laughs> oh, hello, Mr. SpaceX. <laughs> All right. Actually, let me, I'll just. Well, let, t- t- today yeah. we're actually talking about taking the red pill. Hold that's, on. That's hold what it on. comes down to. Hold on. So from what I understand, you take the blue pill, the story ends and you wake up and believe whatever you want to believe. Yeah. You take the red pill and you show us how deep the rabbit hole goes. Absolutely. Okay. So Absolutely. I'm on board now. Bob's going to red pill us. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so, and for, um, and for those of you who may, who may not remember, that is a reference to the matrix, which is nearly 20 years old now, or is it Jeez. over 20 years? It's old? actually, it was released in uh, tw- uh, the year 1999 or 2000. Yeah. Yeah. So, so mm-hmm. I guess you could say that th- that's now an old film by today's standards and, uh, corn and, um, that's yes. 30 years old. And things like um, so you know how like the Goonies when, and the Ninja Turtles movie are thirty yes. years old. <laughs> you know how like when we were listening to Corn, probably in our youth, mm. um, our people the age of our dads would have been listening to like Boston. That's right. You know that's <laughs> that would be the equivalent now. We are all living in competition. Yeah. <laughs> we're so like, we were, come on, this is lame. I would so, listen to new metal. <laughs> yeah. And Kids today would be like listening to new yeah. stuff and we'd be like, <laughs> and now it's, ain't you ever heard corn son? And now it's Cardi B and TikTok songs. And we're <laughs> wow. sitting around like, yeah. oh, this music stinks. In my day, music was bad. In my day, <laughs> we had Limp Bizkit. Yeah. All right, Bob. Sorry. So, sorry. Getting back we on are, track. Here. Yeah. So we're so, really derailing this simulation. <laughs> that we are. Here's the thing, though. Did, so, but, but we are talking about the theory that the, yeah. the world is a simulation. Yeah. Did the programmers program bands like Corn for us to like because they knew that our evolving minds would appreciate simplistic. <laughs> Probably on some level. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If programmers are music producers. <laughs> They're like, they're like, this new generation doesn't care about complexity. We'll just give them some power chords. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> so all right, Bob. Well, well, the, the, this idea of the world being a simulation is one that has been around for quite some time. Um, and so, so this the idea of it being a computer simulation is arguably relatively new. But this is actually not that old of an idea. I mean, this is actually not that idea of an of of a. It's not that new of an idea. Okay. It has an older twist to it that of of are we living in another creature's dream? That's it, it, is our universe merely the dream of another creature, a, a greater entity, a greater power of sorts, or maybe another human being for that matter? You know, and we're just all part of their their dream, and they just have not woken up just yet. Um, and so, because obviously, if anyone who recalls dreams that they might experience from time to, throughout the nights. Um, Time moves weirdly, and it seems yeah. like in dreams. Wait, so that but there's multiple levels of that, right? Because you can go down <laughs> several dream levels. Now you're moving into Inception. Slower, slower. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, but uh, so um, um, it, it, in actuality, this idea of are we living in a simulation? Are we living in other creatures' dream? This this is actually there, there's a field of philosophy that study that studies this. Hold um, on, L- let me just ask you something, Bob. Let absolutely. Try yeah. and clarify what you mean by a simulation. Are you trying to say that there was like some kind of existing being, mm-hmm. let's say, who um, was smart enough, mm-hmm. powerful enough, mm-hmm. and righteous enough to say, you know what? I need to create some form of existence where people can like live. 
Well, righteous is the is is potentially arguable, but the first two traits absolutely smart mm. enough and powerful enough. I don't know if I believe that. So, <laughs> <laughs> see what I just did? <laughs> I'm an atheist now. <laughs> All right, Bob, continue. Sorry. No, no, you're good. You're good. We're color commentating you. Yeah, so, what what does this um what does this thought experiment kind of boil down to then? What do the, what do people say who believe that the world might not be yeah. completely real? Well, this comes out of the, the the area of what's called speculative idealism. It's the same branch like Schrodinger's box comes out of, and it's and it's what they're coming up with is like, can I trust what I see to be true? Because if ah. the world that we have is a simulation, then then everything I'm viewing is actually fake. Sort of like you know, solipsism. What, 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 I, what I'm perceiving is is yeah. can, can we trust what we perceive? To be true, because science tells us we we, we gotta we gotta you know we can only believe what we perceive. Yeah. But if that perception is completely false to begin with, then what good is it at all? That's interesting because a lot of people say like, well, I'm very objective. I just believe in science. But science, in order to do science, you are um, it's basically ba- it's hinging on Obser- the fact that your observe your observances are real. Absolutely, like you uh, have it, to trust what you observe. Are our yeah. perceptions? accurate that's actually a big uh, assumption to make well <laughs> it, right well, f- yeah. f- philosophers would say absolutely uh, and uh, now you dig into other uh, other um uh individuals on a lot of a lot of other world views today and they would they would completely disagree and say well no no science is completely proven it's like well, i mean i can't prove that when i wake up tomorrow and i put my feet on the ground the ground's even going to be there do i believe it's going to be there yes past experiences tells me that it's most likely going to be there but I've got nothing to prove that that will happen to tomorrow. So here's here's an interesting thought uh, 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 thought game you can do mm-hmm. in your spare time. Um, slowly and systematically take away things in your life and see if you can still identify yourself as you. So let me give you an example. Me and my friend Aaron Campbell, who has been on the podcast, mm-hmm. uh, once had this conversation. And he said, how do you know that you're you? And I said... I believe if you take away everything else and you still had memories of yesterday, you would know you were you because you have a reference that you're mm. you from yesterday. I think therefore I am. Well, you, you can think to right now, yeah. but what if you lost all memories of what, who you are and where you were? Like if you got an amnesia tomorrow, you would Absolutely. know who you were, right? Absolutely. But only because you have a memory of that. But mm-hmm. in the matrix, Morpheus is like, if, real is what you can feel, taste, see, and touch and see, then uh, real is just impulses. Electrical impulses in your brain. In your brain. Yeah. So if if memories are just impulses in your brain, then I think if you woke up tomorrow and you had no memory of anything, even if you had full faculty of your body, you would uh, not know what reality was. Yeah. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 So it's um. So you mentioned you said past experiences tell me it's true. So it t- tells me, tells me it's likely going right. to be true. So if yesterday I walked future. on the ground and it was solid, today I would walk on the ground and assume it would be I, solid. I, I expect it to be solid. Therefore, I walk at a normal striding pace and not as a cautious is the ground right. lava kind of kind of walk. You but know, if uh, yesterday t- testing things or is lava. But if yesterday I I remembered that gravity was reversed and I needed to like never walk out of my house or I'd fly into the sky, then today I would think that because yeah. yesterday I thought that. Yeah. That's my argument about reality is that <laughs> you only have frames of reference to know what reality is. Sure. But you can't definitively know no matter what, because yeah. if somebody can inject into your brain a syringe that gives you false memories, which happens in a lot of movies, which I don't know if that's really true. But that would be the only way that you could just like totally like mess with somebody. You'd be like, well, (laughs) 
your name's now Joe. And I'd be like, oh, why are you guys calling me Colin? I, you know, I'm Zach. I'm Joe. Wait, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, somebody injected me in the brain with a syringe yesterday. Yeah. So when it comes to simulation theory, there tends to be two leading kind of ideas. The first one is that we are in a simulation, kind of like what the Matrix portrayed, and they're the ones who kind of made this more famous, is that you know we're living in a simulation, but our bodies, there is in fact a reality outside of this. Our consciousness are simply living in this fake simulation, and we need to wake up and get out. Kind of in so a way. So that's very similar. What they're imagining is something very similar to the Matrix. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, but the other idea is that we, everything that is who we are, everything that is Colin, everything that is Zach, and yeah. everything that is Bob, and everything that we see and observe, this is all fake. We are fake. Even the physical body is fake. Even our, fake, it, Wait, so our, our consciousness yeah. are fake. We are truly a simulation. That's more like the Sims. The Sims, yes. So, yeah. so there's a great... Um, uh, there's a great, uh, I don't want to take too much time on this, but there's a Black Mirror episode. I can't remember if it's from like an earlier season or not. But okay. Is it, it the dating app yes, one? Yes, it okay, is. Yeah. Do you know yeah. that? Yeah. And so it's like, um, how, like in the end, I'll just ruin the episode for people, but in the end, it's, re- <laughs> it's, re- it's revealed that it was all, the entire episode was and being all- simulated and generated on a dating app. AI. And that all it was, was you put in all the info and then, in the episode, it's showing the physical. It's showing a couple like getting together because they met on the app. Right. And then in the end, you find out that the characters you were watching were not real. They were simulations of the real people that the computer w- was running a like scenario to see if they would get together. Or if not. they would stay together. Oh, and then the final test was whether or not you try and like leave the simulation together as a couple and like break yeah. the, the system. Yeah. So if you, if you smash the simulation together as a couple, then it says like 99.9% accuracy. Yeah. Yeah. If you say <laughs> oh, we're going to escape together and we're going to be together no matter what, then it's like, Oh, you're destined to be together. Then. <laughs> and, then it's, and I thought I thought I was like, wow, that's actually a interesting concept. That's really weird. But that's that's so that's a lot. Of what you're talking about is that they they weren't even real. Right. Yeah. And, and so and, and so in this case, none of our universe that we see, observe or have experienced, none of our history, none of our future, none of, nothing that, that we know to be reality is, in fact, real. But as a, everything, the galaxies, the stars, they're all a part of the simulation. It's no man's sky. Yeah. As, so <laughs> Elon Musk has actually gave gave rise to this one more recently. Um, okay. th- th- this one he's talking about. And this actually comes out of a paper from 2004 by a philosopher, Nick Bostrom from Oxford University. Um, so he, he actually had a paper published in, in, uh, in philo- Philosophical Quarterly called Are You Living in a Computer Simulation? And so and, and that's kind of that's and so he's really so Elon Musk has been brought up this question multiple times and he constantly is referring back to Nick Bostrom's paper and which which you can read for we'll, we'll link it in the episode notes. OK, so you're if, you, if you're yeah. if you're that nerdy and want to dig Bob, into you, it like I do. You are a computer programmer. I am. I am. What are some of the evidences that people cite? to say maybe this is a computer simulation of some kind. I'm not really sure what, honestly, I'm not sure what the evidence really, uh, really is as much as it is the fact that, um, that the likelihood that we would, that, that it, the likelihood just feels super, super high. Hmm. Um, so in this paper, for example, he actually is referencing kind of some of the ideas of, um, well, first of all, if we are in a simulation, we are in a simulation of the past. And we know we're in a simulation of the past because of the fact that 
in the, with within the we can't do what the simulations are. We can't create simulations ourselves. We don't have that technological advancement, oh, but we are speeding quickly to that point. Hmm. So it's kind of like the time machine theory that like if you haven't invented a time machine yet and you haven't seen anybody from like the future, then it's logically yeah. it's logical to assume that you may never build a time machine. Even yeah. as a people, you won't ever get that far. Well, that's actually one of the ideas there is that we're never going to get that far to make a simulated to, to, world to make a simulation a simulated world unless what? it's Minecraft or any other video that's game. That's the thing or we Sims. do kind of have simulations. Well, yeah, we, we, we do, but the hard part has always been consciousness. That, How okay, do you simulate yeah. consciousness? Okay, so and, and that's been where a lot of those conversations have been. Okay, so that's an interesting idea um, because. We, we, because we know that consciousness and intelligence are not the same. People are so f- afraid that computers are going to suddenly develop a consciousness out of the intelligence. Sure. We have computers full of data. I mean, take Google servers, for example. I mean, that's a, it's a, literally a catalog of all the world's information we could ever come across. Right. Okay, there is no consciousness. Information and consciousness are not the same thing. Yeah. So how do we generate consciousness? Well, we're not really sure, but we do know at the very least, what it would take to kind of simulate a brain. Hmm. And we're there. So here's here's two movies that aren't necessarily about a simulation, but are very close to what you're talking about, Bob. There are lots of movies where robots become very human. Like they almost like have a soul person, like a type of personality. Okay. For example, Bicentennial Man with yep. uh, Robin Williams. Yep. yep. He just in his natural makeup becomes... Inquisitive and then becomes sort starts, of starts developing goal, emotions, goal oriented, emotional, uh, in the same way, um, AI, even more so, which is, I guess, the book is even more pushing on this uh, mm-hmm. idea. But the idea that you could program love into a robot uh-huh. and then how, what would that ma- manifest as? Yeah. But like you said, we don't have the capability, and I doubt seriously it, that we could it, ever do it, it, it the it, way it's, that it's God about, has done it. Yeah, no, no, yeah, the way that God's done it, absolutely. But it, it, but the idea there is about how do you get something that cannot just react, but can then make its own decisions, not not like like just kind of make its own programming, if mm-hmm. you will, kind of and, and and be able to respond to itself in that first person, not because we simulated it to, but because it chooses to it. The I think therefore I am kind of mentality, you know. How, how does it know that it is an entity as opposed to just following its programming? Because we, we have we have creatures, we, we have plants. Plants behave in a particular way, but there's no level of consciousness as far as we're aware to them. You know, they they, they simply do what they've been told to do, what their DNA tells them to. How, how do you go further than that? Don't and, you mean they're programming? <laughs> yeah. yeah and you could argue yeah. that absolutely yeah. i wonder if also like um it has to do with what we can observe in the universe because there's a limit because like we can only see as far as like light can travel yes you know what i'm talking about oh no absolutely light travels at a certain speed and so if you get out to where it would take longer from the beginning of the universe yeah on the time scale yeah for light to hit earth yeah, then you wouldn't be able to see anything past Absolutely. there. So we don't know what's beyond that so. ability to see. Yes. So. But I honestly do think that we will get to that point technologically to where we could simulate a consciousness. Okay. Uh, um, and so, and the reason why is because nearly 50, year, 50 years ago, there was Pog. A Pong. I'm sorry, not Pog. Pong. Okay. Okay. You, you know, with the Atari, where you got the two paddles and the ball. Boop. Mm-hmm. Boop. Boop. Okay. 28 years later... We had the Sims. 
Okay. And then now today. Okay. And so those of you who may not know the Sims, that's this is a game where you actually have these little people in their houses and you tell them when to go to work and when to eat and when to hang out with their neighbors and friends. And they spoke in tongues. They go, they go, oh, I'll order a pizza. And they go, Oh. Oh. Jessica plays so much Sims, I like know almost all the so, words. Yes. So, and so today we have computer graphics that are so realistic, it's becoming super photorealistic. Right. That's true. Okay. That's in 50 years. We've gone from Pong to lifelike graphics on a computer. Where will we be in another 50 years? Our supercomputers, 10 years ago, we were right on the cusp of maybe simulating one human brain. We're already exponentially past that now. Sure. We, yeah. we, we can easily simulate um, the, at least the, the electrons using a supercomputer, that of a brain. 50 years ago, a supercomputer was less powerful than what we have in our pockets or with our cell phones. On a calculator. Yeah. yeah. So, so my, my we have more like technology in the Apple advances. Watch than the technology to get us to the moon. Absolutely, like, absolutely. Yeah. Technology expands yeah. at, a, at an exponential rate. True, we could true. simulate a, a consciousness if we knew how what a consciousness looked like to simulate. So right now, as far as I understand it, there are AIs that can yeah. learn, but. The AIs can learn within the parameters they've been programmed to Is learn. Is that like yes. where you the, 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 uh, they, you they, make them watch a thousand hours of yes. Friends and then yeah. they write a script about right. yes. the or, Friends? Or, or, or yes, exactly. Or or one of my favorites is let, let them watch uh, twenty hours of Olive Garden commercials and then they write an Olive Garden <laughs> yeah. commercial script. That's right. Um, and, and so, but the point is, or or in, and more recently, we see them actually. You give them, tell them how to play. Um, you uh, give them a set of controls and then you enter them into Mar uh, Super Mario Land uh, Brothers and have them play Super Mario Brothers and figure out what you're supposed to do to get to the end. Oh, yeah, I've seen that before. Yes, and so it literally takes like a 100 different simulations of learning, and each round they, they take what are the successes, what are the failures. We take the successes and we move those forward, and then we deviate from those and figure out what's going to get us even higher mm -hmm. successes. And so, yes, there is a sense of quote-unquote learning, but even that's super, super limited in a lot of wow. ways. So I go back to the argument I made a few episodes ago about how animals instinctually know how to like be mothers to their young, just like naturally without being taught. And most people would say that's just an evolutionary, like baked in their DNA. Mm -hmm. So then I would say, okay, well, if it's baked in their DNA, it's either one of two things, either all their parents acted that way. And then somehow even though they never witnessed their parents acting that way because they were blind puppies. Yeah. It's or, like innate somehow. Right. Or it's innate based on when they're born, they mm -hmm. have something in them. Sure. I would say even an animal has the capacity for a soul. Now, if at day one, an AI was created with certain parameters, they could learn. Sure. Well, they can mimic, they can mimic, they can mimic. And there are applications of like, for example, um, <laughs> even like at his basis form, there's this like fun, like 20 questions game that you can buy. And every time you like answer one of their questions, they yep. like narrow it down. It's yep. them sort of like learning what's your thing you're thinking about. Yes. But, and there's yep. that extrapolate that, you know, 20, that's an old game. So it's like 20 years from then. But what I'm saying is even, the most learned of programs can't have an innate soul 
at least not yet or not mm-hmm. a mimicked version of a soul, but um, sure. things like the things that come so naturally to humanity are uh, very, very like elusive, like yeah. the complexity of feelings or emotions. Um, I just don't know if there is a lot of reason and programming behind it. It's, mm-hmm. it's very like cause and effect, but it's also very much like, you contemplate and you decide based on your feelings, not on what's right and wrong, more or less, Mm. I guess we try and live our life based on what's right and wrong, but well, yeah, we have a moral code because we have a moral code giver, God almighty. Right. And so thus that's, that's guiding uh, our, our actions, you know, or or our, our reasoning. It guides our, our reasoning. Yeah. So, but so one of the questions that came up was why would a, why would a, an entity, a, 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 um, Let's say a civilization create a simulation. But let's say we are. Let's say we're. Why would they create a simulation? So we're getting into the uh, telos of the universe. <laughs> What's the reason for existence? Yes, and I so mean, and, and, and and the I ma- mean. and Nick Bostrom's proposes the idea is that well, we would want to study uh, our development as a species, and so they would set things in motion to the best of the parameters they thought that was possible to try to um, watch and observe our development to greater understand their own development. Sure. If we are truly simulated of, of this other quote unquote master race, you know, the, then, then they're going to want to understand where, where they're, where they came from to better understand who they are, that whole human condition thing. Right. So and they so, don't think it's just a game of civilization. No, no, no. <laughs> but here's the thing. If we had the te- uh, the technology, the capabilities to simulate the universe like this, would we only put in one, or would we do many of them right. and put them right. up against each other? Nick Bostrom says they're going to do many of them, and so because there's a possibility that there are many of them, the chances that we're in the many of them consciousness and not in the single biological race universe consciousness. The odds are so astronomically against our favor. We're mm. almost certainly in a simulation. That's at least how he proposes it. So I he, understand that. Okay, I, I follow, can understand I'm following the logic. the logic. If if you could do it, you would. Yes. And if you're gonna do, do it, it, you're you gonna would do, do, it do it a, a million times. Yes. So if you add all of those chances, the chances of us being one of those millions of iterations of the simulation versus the one reality, the chances are. We're in, the, yeah. we're in the simulation. Okay. Yeah. That's it's, interesting. It, it, it is really interesting. <laughs> interesting. And he, and he does have some weird math and, and, and stuff to go along with it. It's based on a lot of assumptions. There are so many assumptions. Based yeah. On yeah. You have to, if, well, if you assume again. this, if like, yeah. it, it, it would be yeah. like, it'd be like if I said that basketball magically went into the hoop and nobody touched it. And then you said, how is that possible? And I said, well, if you assume that it was sitting there and then the wind blew. And then if you assume that a car may have been driving by <laughs> and hit it as the wind was blowing and ran over it, but it didn't pop it. And then you assume that it started to bounce and roll down a hill, hit a rock. And that rock was meant to be there. Then of course it's going to bounce right off that rock at the correct angle and go in the basketball. Half. Yeah. Now those things are possible. <laughs> to happen. Yeah. But I don't think they're, I think that, um, it's about as likely as human beings randomly coming into existence. Yeah. But if we, if we, if we were programmed to be, to, to come into existence at a particular point in time, we would have to be created in the image of the person who's programming us, I guess. 
Oh, possibly, possibly. Um, yeah, like in Spore, for example. Yeah, most likely. Yeah. Now, if you've ever played Spore, you know that you can be created in oh, quite a few different well, images. There, it's very <laughs> hard to make your exact image on Spore, though. Hold on, though. I made bears, and they were amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for anybody who hasn't played Spore before, it's a very old computer game now. But um, I once made just straight up brown it's, grizzly bears. It, 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 it's, it's a game where it takes you through the the evolutionary process of a creature up to the point of space travel itself. And at first I had it be four legged and it ran on four legs, but then I slowly made them like hunch and made their paws into like hands. And then at first I had them growl and they would go like a bear. And then later when they became people with top hats, they went, I said growl and they went rawr. <laughs> Rawr. I said, oh no. <laughs> Pretty freaky stuff. So um I have a quote here and I wanted to uh actually have a yeah. scripture and I have a quote. Absolutely. Because I wanted to uh run this by everybody before we get into the positives or anything. Yeah, yeah. Um so everybody may or may not know G.K. Chesterton, but Jake Lee, who we've had on the podcast, would say G.K. Chesterton was the one who led C.S. Lewis to Christ. So you should look up up G.K. Chesterton at some point. But he said, when men choose not to believe in God, they do not thereafter believe in nothing. They do not thereafter believe in nothing. They then become capable of believing in anything. Hmm. So I I found that on like a little forum and I thought that was interesting. Yeah. And then there's a scripture that's sort of in that same vein from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. Uh, and it says, The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. And so I think what I'm trying to get at is that for people who may not have a clear-cut understanding or answer of how the world works— um, there is a lot of different possibilities that can pop into your head sure. yeah. because you're not really connecting with, with the spirit yeah. uh, of God as he's trying to connect with you. And when, and I think maybe at least for the last a hundred years or so uh, in America, even um, we have had a very rebellious culture uh, of rebels against the government, you know, like kind of like, yeah. Oh, the big man is watching us and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that mindset can sort of like lead into like doubting everything. Interesting. Yeah. I think that that's yeah. kind of like a thing. Like if you, if you don't, if you're not connected with God, you are, you are just a person and a person is a doubting, scared uh, person who can't really discern the way the world works because they don't have. That. Humans are dumb, dangerous animals. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, there, there are ways to perceive. Absolutely. And I think yeah. Romans even tells us that, that, you know, that creation itself shows us the, the yeah. evidence of God. Yeah. And I think it does, but yeah. but so, for so, people like it says, but but, 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 but it is most certainly difficult without some sort of guidance along the way. I think, I it's, think it's interesting. It, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. Um, it's interesting though, like that the simulation theory really kind of boils down to a theory explaining the origin of the universe, <laughs> like a lot of things do. Well, oh, but sure. it doesn't really explain like if. We're well, in a simulation. Then where did the people who made the simulation come from? Y- yes, exactly. And so, so like chicken and the egg. Yes, yeah. and so a lot of people they explain the the you know the fact that we are the life exists on this planet because it was seeded on this planet by a 
original race, a, a master race that went around the galaxy. The engineers. And so yeah, you're like, from okay, Prometheus, from Prometheus. Uh, okay, fine. You you want to say that? Okay, I get that. But where do they come from? Right. You know, it, it doesn't actually answer the question as the origin of life in that it's, sense. Um, instead of God in the gaps, it's like aliens in the gap. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Well, well, yes, yeah, very um, much so. This is actually maybe not. Uh, we need to probably keep this reined into simulation. But I'll just say that um, I've had many discussions and debates, especially in college, about this subject. Um, Trying to like, there's a lot of famous scientists like um, uh, um, who's the Dawkins. Dawk, there's there's Dawkins, Dawkins for yeah. one. There's also um, who's the uh, uh, Stephen Hawkins. Hawkins. <laughs> uh, oh yes. Oh yes. Uh, so Stephen Hawking. Excuse me. <laughs> I was mixing Dawkins and Hawking. Stephen Hawking dance <laughs> in my khaki pants. So a lot of them. <laughs> a lot of them have tried to fill in the information or the gap into understanding. Mm-hmm. How we can live a finite existence, uh-huh. but that thermodynamic science only explains like finite rules. Yeah, sure. But our existence had to begin for somewhere. And um, I'm trying to remember who the theologian is who originally said there had to be an unmoved mover. I don't think it was Pascal. I think it might have been Thomas Aquinas who originally said this. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. He says there had to be an unmoved mover who started yeah. the first process. Either him or Anselm, but Anselm, I think, was the mentor of Aquinas. Sure. So, so um, in, in, long, in the long and short of it, of what I was trying to say, I won't, I won't tie this up too much, but essentially what I'm saying is that you, even after the simulation thought process, if you were to say there were aliens or something, um, the only explanation I've heard scientists give in terms of how to solve the problem of finite versus infinite time is to say that the universe expands and contracts infinitely and we all just relive the same uh, instances over and over. And then after so many billions of years, we just like go back and restart. Interesting. Because like Mm -hmm. they still can't explain why that happens. Right. But that's, that's the point is that that actually refutes the big bang. Sure. But most people believe in the idea of the big bang because of the extrapolation of the, See, this is all astronomy class stuff that I had learned, yeah. but yeah. the background lighting of yep. what we see, uh, the, yeah, edge, noise. the edge of time, yeah. essentially, what we're seeing visibly. That's where the code, like, breaks apart. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> so as far as simulations go, like you guys said, you would be able to explain up to a certain point, and then you would say, like, okay, well, yeah. if we're in a simulation, then are those yeah. people is, is an infinite yeah. loop? There's a YouTube yeah, and, and, well, channel. And, and if you're experiencing yeah. miracles, then maybe those are merely bugs in the code. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. There's a, there's a YouTube channel. I forget what they're called, but they take video games and they like break them. You know, they, speed they go running. and they, no, not like speed running. Like they'll go, they'll take the most random video game, like a SpongeBob video game. Oh, and then okay. they'll go in, they'll hack the data in the game. And then they'll see like, want to know what's outside bikini bottom. And they'll like, Oh, be able right, to right, like right. fly outside the world. Yeah. That's and right. then they'll be like, see, actually it's weird because there's like invisible squid words out here. Yeah. Like a million of them. Right. And it's like, Oh, that is weird. Right. <laughs> um, like, uh, sometimes developers have stuff that's incomplete that they don't want you to see. They'll oh yeah. Hide it. I yeah. remember yeah. In, uh, it gets, it gets, left in code and gets pushed out to production yeah somebody broke uh somebody broke skyrim apart and did and it that. had morrowind's uh mountain it had the it red did. mountain in there and it also had um the menu screen is like a room hidden somewhere in the map 
Whoa. So when you load up the game and you see the menu with like all the words and stuff, that's actually somewhere in Skyrim. <laughs> you just can't get to it. <laughs> that's a weird way to do that. Um, so, okay. So we've been talking about the idea of, of this being a simulation and we understand now the like the, the, the scope of what people believe. Sure. Sure. Um, I think in my personal opinion, I mean, I don't know why people believe what they believe, but my personal opinion, I think that we in America at least are born with like an innate, uh, thought process of like sort of like questioning or yeah. doubting our existence. And so that can lead I, I, to, a I, I think that's just a lot of Western uh, teachings. Right. That's why I meant yeah. American, not necessarily yeah. the world. I don't know yeah. how many people, believe well, you, you, you're going to definitely want to find that in Europe as well. Heavily. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I would like to go on and talk about some of the ways that we like line up. The positives. The positives. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So one of the positives I noticed in this one, was the fact the recognition that there is in fact a higher power, a higher authority, at least. Uh, yes. Yes. And so, whether or not you would refer to them as a god as a matter of perspective um, of, of of how you view those outside the simulation, but but we but we can at least agree that there is some sort of that that if we are in a assuming giving them the, the assumption for for a moment that, that that we are a simulation, then we could agree with them that there is in fact some sort of higher being outside of uh, outside of our own so existence. It, it assumes that there's some kind of creator. Yes, a cre- yeah. yes yes. So yes, an not, architect. Perhaps. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so, so yes, exactly. So not as a higher being, but a higher creator is the second point there. Something that created the world yeah. that we know and love and experience, and, and, and what we would refer to as life itself, uh, mm. for for all intents and pers- purposes. And I would say that if you delve deeper, the person who wholeheartedly believed that there were a few things that they be- would believe that I would also believe. So if a person said I believe that the world is a simulation, I'd say, well, then I guess you'd have to assume that whoever created it is like a master artist who like just paid super attention to every detail. They definitely got all the like graphics mods installed or whatever. Like (laughs) parts of our world are just so beautiful and so, so masterfully rendered. Right now. So, so I would even say like, I would say like I can, I, I wholeheartedly a hundred percent agree with you that whoever created all of this creation is like a master artist who could never be replicated. (laughs) <laughs> we link up. Yeah. So the, the last point that I might even add here where we kind of line up is that is that what we perceive is not the end all of truth. They might yeah, go, in fact, and, and, and say that none of this is true at all. I say, OK, well, there might, there might be some some I, I'm not sure if I can go that far, but at least we can agree that this is not that there is truth outside of there's truth what we can perceive. We, yeah. Of what we observe. Well, yeah. like, see, because a, a lot of the refute, like a lot of people who don't who are atheists or maybe you just don't have any kind of belief whatsoever. Say like, I only believe what I can see yeah. with my own two eyes. Absolutely. Yeah. And so at least this is a step towards saying, I don't necessarily believe what I see with my own two eyes. Yeah. That there, there, there's very likely something else. <laughs> Which can be worse than some regards. Well, yeah. in, in some regards, but I mean, at least there's an openness to that. There is something greater beyond what we can perceive. Sure. And so, and so what, so one question that comes up as real that well. How, how, how do we, how, how can we know that? How can we, how can we, how do you learn about what you, what's outside your perception? Sure. And so one of that comes in the fact that we, you need some level of revelation. Okay. And so maybe that revelation is through a conversation about what's outside the United States and you begin to perceive things differently. Or maybe it's through a religious text that's handed down, like, like what we now know as the Bible. 
And so revelation came and was and was given to man and was then written down. And yeah. so, but a level of revelation is needed nonetheless. Or maybe it's a red pill. <laughs> right. So I guess are you saying that like at least they're open to some kind of revelation because they would have to believe that there was somebody who figured out that this might be a simulation sure. for that theory to exist. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I guess my other positive would be that it it's creative in a lot of ways. <laughs> it gives me <laughs> endless entertainment. <laughs> it, it, it is definitely highly entertaining. I hope our listeners find this entertaining as but well. But beyond, <laughs> beyond that, beyond it just being uh, personally fascinating to me, um, I, I think that it, it takes, it kind of takes some creative thinking to kind of come up with something like that. And I don't know, maybe we'll kind of save that for what Christians would say, but yeah. I think, um, I think, you know, some of the ways that they've expanded on just the basic idea of the universe being a simulation and kind of finding some evidences that they think line up with it and just like making some extrapolations from what they think it means and stuff. I think they're all um, I think they're creative and it kind of shows a level of thinking that like, oh, maybe you're open to ideas that are not quite just like what you've been told it should be Mm -hmm. by rationalism. Yeah. 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 So, so, um, moving, moving forward here, when we talk about, uh, things that we don't line up with, Mm -hmm. uh, if you don't mind, if I start here, I have a, I have a particularly important one that may not be listed. Uh, it doesn't seem like, well, maybe as, as a further extrapolation of the ones listed, Mm -hmm. but I think that if you say it's a simulation, um, then it kind of leads to a lot of problematic things when it yeah. comes to, um, I guess, let me, let me, let me put it to you more perfectly than this. Um, if you believe that a simulation is what we're living in, but you don't believe any other aspect about like the creation story or anything like that, what would, what I would ask you is, does just having the world be a simulation make enough sense for an, like a person making a simulation? So if you have a, Oh gosh, how can I put this? I'm trying to think of the right word. Um, if I made a game mm-hmm. to like watch people do stuff, it would get really boring really fast. I think so. Like, for example, if I didn't create the house, if I just like made the people and then like let them do whatever, eventually I'd yeah. just be like, Mm, and then I'd like want to destroy it or well, I well, want to do something weird. Well, you, well you're, you're assuming that, that the simulation is created merely for entertainment. Right. So what I'm saying is mm-hmm. if you believe that it's a simulation, but there's no hands on activity in the simulation mm-hmm. vis-a-vis a creator uh, uh, intervening in our lives, yeah. then I would say that that will eventually run into a brick wall. That's that? my because you you, I mean, we, I'm putting God in a box essentially at this point, but um, we know as Christians why we were created sure. to have a relationship yeah. with our creator. Absolutely. So if you have no, if you have absolutely, but the simulation argument is you have no relationship with your programmer. Correct. In fact, you don't even Correct. know the programmer exists. Correct. Yeah. And so for me, that runs into a big problem, even logistically, because if the programmer is just like, eh, I just wanted to see what happened. I, I imagine that that wouldn't really help anything 
even in the Futurama episode where he gets a meteor hitting him in the back and eventually makes people that live on him. And he's sort of like the God of the people living on his body while he floats through space. Eventually they have no choice. (laughs) He has no choice, but to interact with them and help them because they are like asking him for help. And so if we are part of a simulation, we have a programmer just watching every single day and just not doing anything. I find that to be really hard. Well, 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 it's part of one of one of the issues with that, with that assumption though, is that you're, is, is that you're assuming that they are actively um, physically watching us as opposed to just merely observing and having automated recordings of our, of the results that are coming up. Okay. So they're not watching. I mean, if there's millions of, of, of simulations going on simultaneously, yeah. how are you going to watch them it, all? It would be like if somebody was doing like a research project and using the game Civilization and they were running a bunch of AI versus AI maps. Sure, sure. And letting them go and seeing who, if yes. Russia won most of the time. What, or, yeah, what's yeah. the results going to be like? Yeah. How, how's it going to look? Oh, okay. Well, and I then guess maybe that maybe changing sense. different variables. But that's a different thing from... That's very like I get what you're saying because that's very impersonal, right? So yes. that makes their that makes their version of a creator the, very the, impersonal, the, 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 right? And, but and that is like a negative. researcher, yeah. But yeah. but also, but see again, it to me it doesn't line up. I don't want to take so, too much time on this, but I would say that the creation of this world is so very specific, and our creation yeah, is you're, you're digging to the clockmaker view of God. So well, it sets things in motion and then just backs off, right? But we are so which intricately, is not what we believe. Which is not what we believe. We are so intricately and very deliberately made to love yeah. and have relation with each other. And if that is all a simulation, my question would be like, why would you put in all this work and then just not give well, a, give a crap about it? Well, because if you're trying to <laughs> if you're trying to really simulate your your own society's ev- evolution, you've got to include that love and pain and heartache and all right. those things that your race experiences. Otherwise, you're not going to get an accurate simulation of your own history. Of your own civilization's development. Sure. If you don't have love in there and you don't have hate yeah. and and but that's what one of the key aspects of what your race is. Sure. Then then it's not gonna be an accurate simulation. I don't pretend to understand or know the uh great programmer. <laughs> uh you know, I'm trying to put him in a box. So. Yeah. So, no, I but, guess but, what I'm saying but, is but, that but you're right. This is extremely impersonal. It feels like a lot of work with no gain from our yeah. perspective absolutely sure so if yeah if that's what they're putting out um if that's if that's your version of a creator that doesn't line up with christianity yeah because we believe that god is personally involved yes. in our lives right and yeah. so it's very it's for how much work mm-hmm. seems to have gone into the simulation to make it as intricate and as beautiful and as wonderful as it is and it is a blessing but uh don't be fooled absolutely every day you wake up is a, is a gift and for that to just be like, oh, data, you know, would be kind of silly to me. Uh, now, I'm not saying that that, like I said, uh, I can't pretend to know the, what the great programmer has in store. But uh, <laughs> but I would say that um, to me, not only does it line up, line up with scripture, but like even like the Matrix or the Truman Show or any of these examples of a simulation, they have a goal. Sure. Um, and that's, but, but it the, becomes the, pretty evident. But there was also an obtainable reality outside of the one they were experiencing. Yeah, and that's one of the key aspects of those presented, as opposed to Nick Bostrom's paper. So, yeah. Gotcha. So, so yeah. Uh, um, and, and yeah, and and if you're going more the Matrix route, then absolutely. Um, if you're going more the Nick Bostrom perspective, then then yeah, one of the big aspects is that uh, is that yeah, that nothing really matters. That that, that none of this is real. Yeah. And there is no truth yeah. out of, that that we can perceive. Yeah. And and, and that's a little bit of uh, is nihilistic the right word there? 
Sure. Um, yeah, honestly, you could make the case that it's kind of Gnostic. Like if you're going to try to if you're going to try to take that thinking and apply it to Christianity, because the Gnostics believed that um, I can't remember if it was all I was maybe just a certain set of Gnostics, but they I think they're the Marcionites. They believed that um, the God of the Old Testament was a bad guy. And he created the earth to like torture people. And Jesus came to like set people free from that. And so uh, in their view, the physical world, the physical world is kind of like a matrix that you got to like break out of. And so they thought they thought that the physical world was bad. They thought that the body was bad. They thought that everything like physical and you just need to be completely focused on the spiritual all the time. See, and, and, and so. It's it's also what another negative, and again, I don't want to harp on it, but um, another negative seems to be that it is both simultaneously uh, saying by its conclusion that nothing that we do matters, and right? also this is yeah. all we have. Yes, yeah, yeah. So yeah, once it's, it's very, <laughs> so it's very like depressing. It's both YOLO and this life doesn't matter. That's true. Yeah. Which is which is simultaneously negative. Yeah. Um. So, um. I think if you if you really take it to its like logical conclusion, yeah, you could you could argue that human dignity isn't a thing because if we are all just like numbers in a simulation, right. What is stop? It's kind of like the moral arbiter thing. Like mm-hmm. What is stopping you from uh, you know just like taking all your neighbor's stuff or whatever? It's just simulation anyway. Yeah, right. You know. So um um, uh, there's a movie that you guys may not have watched, but it is very very close to this. Mm-hmm. And since we're getting ready to go into what would a Christian say, I want to finish out with absolutely. This. Do you guys know the movie Dark City? I haven't hmm. seen it. No, I've never heard of that one. Okay, so Dark City stars. Um, oh man, who's that guy? He's the bad guy from uh, A Knight's Tale. I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but um, he is he he wake the the movie starts and he wakes up in a bathtub and he's got like a scar on his forehead and blah 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 blah. Long story short. He is in a city that's it's never daytime, and he finds out very quickly after that that every like hour or two, everything is shut down and everyone falls asleep. And then these like bald guys show up and they change everyone's past and their memories by injecting into their head new memories. So when they wake up from being asleep, they assume a completely new role and reality in oh. the city. But again, my original argument about like, why would you, why would you need to collect data? What's the goal? So in that movie, which is very, very close to what you were talking about, Bob, with this guy's paper is that they are aliens who abduct a bunch of human beings at a certain point in our history. Like it looks very noir. So I assume maybe like the twenties or thirties or something. And so they abduct people with the purpose of learning because their race is on the brink of extinction and they want to find out why humans are thriving. Mm. What makes a human mm. tick? What what makes them human? And so at the very, very end, the one main character actually somehow gains their abilities that they have to like uh to to work the machines that stop time and all that stuff with his mind. And he fights all of them and wins at the very, very end. And there's one last guy, and he's like, All we wanted to do was figure out how to live and and be human like you. And uh, so the whole thing they do is experiment by injecting new memories and new identities. And at the end, he says, if you want to find out what makes a human a human, you're not going to find it in here. And he points to his head and the alien doesn't get it. He like can't understand. 
And so my final argument is, um, we talked about this a while ago. We talked about this just recently is that if you make a simulation as much as you might try, I do not, I cannot believe that you can create with man or, you know, a finite being cannot create an eternal like soul that has the ability to with feelings and emotion and spiritual uh, driven nature. um, I thought, I don't think you can program it. (laughs) I still, I don't think it's possible. (laughs) I think you can do your best. (laughs) Sure. Sure. And and, and so in all honesty, for all we know, we are the best representations of this master race, but we even even we don't actually re- truly represent their own ability to live out. Right. I mean, it, it just goes against our comprehension because of the simulation that we're living in. You should you everybody that's listening. But, should but check out obviously, Dark City. obviously, that's a devil's advocate perspective. Yeah. That's not what Bob believes. Yeah. <laughs> you guys should check out this Dark City movie. It's actually really, really good and underrated. It's got Jennifer Connelly in it, and it's very, huh. very good. Um, but it's. It's also got um, uh, uh, Keith Keith uh, Keith for Sutherland in it, oh. and a bunch of really good actors okay. that were not super famous at that time. Yeah. But the whole purpose of it is that they try and figure out why human beings make the decisions they make. But in the end, he's like, "Oh, well, you're looking in the wrong place. You're, not, you're looking in the brain. That's yeah. not why we do what we do. We, we we do what we do because of emotions. Well, not only emotion, but we have a soul. I think that was the yeah. the problem with the their argument was." And that's why I think a simulation ultimately fails is because there's no soul. Um, you can't create it. It's something only specifically that God can create in us, um, which goes back to our, you know, what are humans yeah. episode. But sure. Yep. Sure. So anyway, uh, that, that tra- let's transition that into what would a Christian say? I would yeah. say that the idea of a simulation seems really soulless. Mm-hmm. I don't mean in a derogatory term, but yeah. yeah. Uh, do you believe that you have a soul? And if you do believe that you have a soul, let me ask you. Do you think a simulation or a programmer can create a soul in you? Well, and I think that we don't, um, our culture doesn't really have like a good idea of what the soul is. Sure. And that might be part of the reason why theories like this can, um, gain a lot of traction. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, what is a soul? Like, how do we, how do you even know if you have one or not? I think a lot of people would say, well, Mm -hmm. science says that we don't, you don't, but I think, they might just be defining soul as like the thing that lives after you die. That's actually so much more than that. It involves right. more than just your emotions, but like your, um, your affections and yeah. you know, the things your strongly held convictions mm-hmm. and, um, your moral, um, your ability to do moral reasoning. Mm-hmm. Um, that's very true. Yeah. And also like, yeah. you, like, uh, we said, it's very hands off. If you think of the way a simulation is, um, I would argue that um, we are relational people. Yeah. So it would be interesting for me to have a conversation with a person who believes that the world is a simulation and say, how, how, how many good relationships would you say that you have? And do you value those relationships? Sure. And then ask them, I say, like, do yeah. you think a programmer who has no relationship with the things he creates would create a world full of relational people? It's kind of a hard pill for me to swallow because <laughs> I mean, think about it. Like uh, we believe that God created us in his image and we believe that God was a relational person. And so he yeah. made us yeah. relational. Right. So if you're a programmer and you're like, 
we're so unrelational. We should just make something weird and crazy where people just want to hang out with each other all the time <laughs> and see what that's like. Like, uh, I think that, I think eventually the veil would be split. And at times you would find out who the programmer was because he yeah. would go down and talk to his creation. Yeah. And so if we can even get to that point in the conversation mm-hmm. and they're like, well, maybe he wants to. She's like, yeah. I would argue you're right. <laughs> yeah. And so that would be my first talking point would be to say like, hey, man, this seems very soulless. Uh, I wonder if there's more relation in this than than yeah. just a simulation would argue. I would talk about the um, I would talk about matter and does matter matter? Mm. Because I think that the Bible shows. So the Bible, if you kind of trace from Genesis moving forward, the Bible shows that God put so much care into creation. That's right. He did. Kind of off of what you mm-hmm. were saying. But at the same time, God made himself in creation separate. Like if you ask, like, what was the first thing God had to create? The first thing that God had to create was space. The heavens. Other than himself. You know? So the first thing God did as a necessary step in creation was like separating something from himself. Um, so, uh, I think that the Bible shows that like the physical world matters because God created it. He called it good in its original intention. And Mm -hmm. like the whole entire arc of the Bible is like trying to restore all of creation back to the garden of Eden, the way that God originally had it. Um, so I think you can't be a Christian and be like, Oh, well, like, you know, none of this really matters. There's just so many things that Christian believe, like, um, like the sanctity of life, yeah, you know, and, and the rights of a human being yep. and everybody's dignity and stuff. Yep. And, and, um, the, and all those things go out, out the window if the, if the world we live in no longer matters at all. Right. It's why, like, if somebody dies, we don't just throw them in a wood chipper. You know, like you believe that, like, that the physical so world gruesome. has, <laughs> that's why the physical world has some, uh, has, has beauty and has dignity to it and it matters. So, and so I think the simulation kind of flies in the face of all so, that. So, so, so uh, if you're going to have a conversation with a person who believes yeah. that the world is a simulation, I think, I, again, I think it's all about relations first. Yeah. I, I think that's the first step. The second step would be to ask about the motives of the programmer. Yeah. And if you can yeah. even, if you can start, uh, blurring the line between God and that programmer they're thinking of, <laughs> then I think that's actually a more funny, yeah. Uh, to say, like, it's yeah. funny how yeah. how often yeah. we agree on how the world works. Yeah, that, 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 that we are created, uh, that, that our our world, our universe was created by a higher authority. And it, and, and, and that we were, and, and so, yeah, and that we were created likely in their image. And if that's, and if that's true, um, and we are relational, and we uh, love, and we, we tend to look towards the heavens for answers... Uh, it's logical to believe that there is something that may or may not be trying to connect with us. Um, and of course, as evolution goes on and we attempt to, I guess, reach out to that more, mm-hmm. it seems that science seems to tends to prove more about Christianity being true than it, it, disproving it yeah. at this point. Well, there was actually a time in our history where, um, where science did not believe that time had a beginning or uh, at all. I understand that. And so and when the Big Bang was first kind of discovered, scientists tried to keep it under wraps because they felt like it was going to give credence and authority mm-hmm. to the religious figures. I mean, 
Be, 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 because <laughs> we're going to get all the credence eventually. Be, be, because be, I'm just kidding. Yeah, well, it would give them credibility because it would prove that there was a beginning. And what's the very first words of the Bible is in the, in beginning. the beginning. And so it's like, wait a minute. That now seems to line up with what these religious folks say. We can't let this get out for quite some time. We, we've got to better understand this. Because, yeah, because that's the worst thing that they could have done at that time. Was that they felt like they, they felt like the worst thing they could do. If I would lead the conversation. So, back, so yeah, I mean, I feel like science is constantly trying to beginning to back up what scripture is saying from time to time. So, like, if we were to lead the conversation with a person who believes in a, a, sim, a simulationist, uh, that's an interesting word. Uh, if we were to lead that conversation to say, like, what are the motives and and does yeah. and does the programmer live outside the realm of time? And if that's true. Um, you got to ask yourself, why would he make it? Yeah, yeah. And if and if you can get there in that conversation, I think you got a good starting spot. Yep. If the programmers are just a very advanced people, you mm-hmm. know, then where did they come from? That's another thing, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I think so, I think that it's I think that of all of the one all the worldviews we've looked at so far, this one may be like the closest. I think we've gotten closer and closer to Christianity. We started off with uh, the. Uh, therapeutic deism and then karma and now this one therapeutic deism would kind of say that it's christianity but it's kind of far away from christianity (laughs) and then karma was at least able to say that we're accountable for our actions and now this one is saying that we're not necessarily accountable for anything but we believe that yeah this isn't all there is yes and so uh, this and karma together and you've got (laughs) almost christianity and then like so but but the big thing is trying to is trying to encourage them that what we do matters here that we, we, we do matter. Right. Our actions matter. Some Christians and, don't and, even believe that. And, and they've that read the whole matter. Bible though. There are people yeah. in who are Christian who say that like, Oh, we're just waiting for the, the rapture. We're waiting for the end times. And well, and, and in all honesty, you'll find a lot of hymns that kind of reflect that. Yeah. And it, and I find it to be frustrating because there's so much more right. to, to, I mean, w- because one of the big things is that our purpose, our purpose isn't to live out of programming, but to bring, but to love God and love man and bring yeah. his glory here. That's right. It's, it's not something we're waiting for. I think even a simulationist could get behind the idea that if this is a simulation and this is all we've got, better to make it a good simulation with what you do every day. Yeah. Why make it miserable? <laughs> I mean, simulation or not, we're still feeling things and being affected by the world around us. Let's make it a good one. So like, yeah. Oh, I, I know this, like I, I wholeheartedly believe this is a simulation, but I found this book that gives me a good guide on how to make the simulation better. It's called the Bible. And it just basically means that like <laughs> every day I can, I can make the kingdom, AKA the matrix uh, a little bit better. If I like go out and I serve and I feed the sheep. So I'm just going to do that. That's my guiding like principle. I found the manual for the matrix game. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, um, I guess the last thing I'll say, what a Christian would say would be, um, that even the people who wrote the Bible knew that like our perceptions as humans were limited. Sure. You know, listen to what Paul sure. says in first Corinthians 13. He says, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror when we then we shall see face to face now i know in part then i shall know fully even as i am known fully and now these three remain faith hope and love but the greatest of these is love so i think that you know like we can make these uh 
determinations about like whether what we can observe like about the physical world is real like is there something beyond or whatever we all kind of know like intuitively like maybe like this isn't all there is um Mm -hmm. but you do know that um faith hope and love exist because those are pretty self-evident paul even talks about how like god has given you like a conscience to kind of like point you to there's something greater than you right and absolutely um, so i think that we all observe a lot of those things and at the very very basic level like we all kind of agree that there is some kind of morality and um so what paul is saying is that like yeah we will know that fully when we know god and so it is kind of like a simulation in a lot of ways but really what it is is god has created this world for a purpose but we um have had our perceptions screwed up by sin yeah and um we need to get back to knowing god more fully and so that separation from god and creation is a rift between god and creation and so unlike the simulation theory which says that like uh it's just like a computer generated thing it's always going to be that way um we as Christians believe that it will be reconciled one day and we will meet the creator. Right. And then we'll see everything. Well, um, buddy, the song we sang in the very beginning of this podcast, um, the reason I picked the lyrics specifically is because in the lyrics, it talks about how God is not only in control of our lives, but he has been helping us and guiding us and protecting us Mm -hmm. since the beginning of time. And our at, God, our help in levels past. <laughs> yeah. And many uh, early, <laughs> early patches. Past. Um, but um, it says like in verse three here, uh, before the hills in order stood or earth received her fame from everlasting, thou art God to endless years, the same. And so I think in a way we can link up with um, the simulation in that God has always been watching over us. Yeah. But the song also says, that God has been helping us and guiding us and connecting yeah. with us. And so that's where I draw the line on the simulation. I say, but, I say that I believe if we can agree that there is a programmer, I believe he's very hands-on and he is super active in my life. I mean, we literally believe that the creator stepped into creation. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. He made himself, he made himself a character, a, a PC. <laughs> yeah. So, so I guess that's, <laughs> so we would all be NPCs. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Man. Great episode, Bob. Thank yeah. you for doing all the notes and uh, for all the research and stuff. Sorry that we kept you uh, so off track all the times, but nah, that's, that's within, that's within the realms of expectations. It's, it's within, it's within the programming of this podcast. Yeah. We have accounted for uh, about 20 minutes of error, <laughs> but yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Um, Zach, where can they find us, man? You can find us anywhere that you listen to podcasts, which you luckily have already done. But if you haven't done this already, which many of you have not, um, go ahead and like give us some kind of rating. Um, Likely there'll be like some kind of stars that you can hit and you literally can just hit, hey, these guys are pretty good and type in nothing more than that. Um, (laughs) If you're on Facebook, you could leave us a review there, too. That's all like very, very helpful. It's also very helpful if you check us out on Patreon dot com slash houseplants podcast there you go we will catch you guys next time love you see ya peace